0: Hi, it's um, just finished Yontif, Um tonight, meaning now it's Chalamoy, here in Baltimore. Um, and I'll just share a few words I spoke about in my show, in different context. Um, An idea I hope to do as the opportunity presents itself, maybe one or two or three of these. I want to thank a sponsor for these, and these. that's uh, Abe Gluck and Gluck Plumbing. In uh, Lakewood, thank you very much. And without any further ado, it's late, but I just have this idea in my chest and I'll get it out. I haven't worked it all out yet, so as I'm speaking, I'm thinking it through. But um, I have a book of Seyford, which is called uh, J- uh, Imitation Neighborshuds, it's called Solid Apopoly. Maybe you've seen it. <laughs> the guy did something, let's say, something along the style of the Prussian Drachim or the Yaraz something like that. I don't remember who it is. Uh, From Guy in Israel. And, you know, they're a little wild and ingenious, but like the swarm I just mentioned. And I saw, I spoke one out in Shul. Shul and Brandwein is the author in Israel. I believe it's in Israel. Anyway, um, and he quoted a Menrish, which I never remember, (coughs) didn't see before. And I thought he uh, was bogus. I thought he made it up, but it fits very well for Sukkot, and has to do with, uh, or at least I'm going to argue, it has to do with the Avtara that we had first day of Sukkot, or you and Israel, the only day of Sukkot, and uh, that's about Gog and and the attack on Jerusalem, World War Three, and all that, um, the apocalypse, and he said, quotes in Medrash here where it says, uh, which is a, such a classic idea. And it means, whenever you find a four, like the four sons, the four questions, the four cups, the four matriarchs, and so forth, whenever you have a four, you'll connect it to the Arbigolius, you know, Babel, Persia, Greece, and Rome, uh, without getting into a more sophisticated way. Right. The four monsters in the book of Daniel. Uh, okay. So notice, Jewish history's already been written out. We're just playing a role. And there's going to be Gaulus A, Gaulus B, C, and D, followed by Mashiach. That's the usual Jewish history, Asafi. Now, uh, that means whenever you find the four, somebody's going to come up. There are many Medesh rabbis like that, where they're going to connect each one of the four to one of the four Golas's. So, for example, if it's Zara, Rivka, Rachel Leah, Zara is somehow or other going to be connected to Golis and Rivka somehow or other going to be connected to Persia, and Rachel will somehow be connected uh, to Greece, and Leia to Rome. You know, now it's for you to figure out. So, <clears throat> it's just standing there and waiting. You have the Arba Minim, you have a little vest of and Robes, that's four. And so, Chomish. you know, Priya, Tzadar, on a face Sobas, and so forth. So it's a fort. <clears throat> On the other hand, I have to tell you, I'm fairly familiar with Medishrava. I don't, I'm not a bucket in it, but I've gone it a fair number of times. <laughs> and I said, I don't remember matters like that. And I even looked it up. He said, in, in the story of the birth of the twins, Yaakov and Aso, Vayetzi, Admoni. I don't remember that. I happen to know that him of him fairly well, actually. And ain't nothing there about, uh, it says Lakakta can be but it doesn't give it this four meaning. It's Hineg the four things four galluses. And I was wondering if the guy made it up. I, I mean I don't think so. <clears throat> and I looked closer and it said, Medushabusi, Peric, Parshus told us. So Medishraba is not identical with Medushabusi. Medushabusi <clears throat> is um something that was published. Let's put it this way. They say it's from Moshe Adarshan. Uh, you know, it was before Rashi. So it's one of those very late Midrash from the Middle Ages in which you assume the Medrash must be coming from some earlier source because you don't think some guy in the 10 hundreds just made it up stambazoi, But it's not in the classic collections Medrash, Medrash, Tanchuma, and all that. And uh, I don't remember so clear but Zevin, believe it or not, let me put it this way. In the 19th century, it was a major theme of the Wissenschaft scholars. Tzuntz and Shia Rappaport, they discovered a manuscript of an old medrash. It was called Medrash Rabassi. Not identical with Medrash And these are the founders of the modern Wissenschaft, the Judentums. And they argued that it came from Moshe Darshan. And they had a very interesting Raya, which was the Pugia of Fidei. Back in the time of Ramban, in Spain, the Catholic Church made a full court press to try to convert the Jews through argument. And one of the main features of that was that they got a, a Catholic priest, I've spoken about before, named Raymond Martini, Ramon Martin, who as far as you know was a total guy. And he opened a school to believe it or not, to go through whole shots. I mean Babu, Yosham, Michilta, Cipher, Sifri, and so forth. And he did. In order to find pieces in there they could use against Judaism. Something along the lines of his colleague, Pablo Christiani, who's more famous, because he debated the Ramban precisely on the argument they can prove the truth about Jesus and Christianity, from the Gemara itself. So, that's the debate between Ramban and Pablo. So this guy who was a contemporary and a colleague, he didn't believe he could prove it from the Talmud or anything, but he wrote a whole book to show how stupid the Talmud is. Okay? It's called Pugio Fidei, The Dagger of Faith. With this dagger, I'm going to stab Judaism in the heart and kill it. And what he did, therefore, is he made it's a big book, Latin translations of whole passages from the Gemara, obviously for missionary purposes. So this is fascinating. He have somebody in the 13th century, uh, well, let's put it this way, he's obviously got access to the Jewish books, which was before the printing press in Spain, and he did go through them. And he's writing a handbook that he hopes other missionaries will use. So it won't simply be that they come over to you and say, "What do you do with this passage in Isaiah or something like that?" But so I'll prove to you from Baba Kama. or I don't know, you know, from uh, Yavomas. maybe even Rashi, because he had access to that also. He's quite a guy. His book is around. In fact, it's online if you can read Latin. And um in the old print. And uh it ain't bad. By that I mean I won't say they did a big translation. It's just extremely tendentious. The whole shot is for missionary purposes. So what's fascinating is this book never really took off among the guardian because you gotta be a real dense type guy that goes through the whole shots even in Latin, and, you know, memorize this stuff when a lot of Jews themselves don't do that. So, you know, I don't say he was successful in his attempts. Historically, to Pugy of a Day not exactly a bestseller. Page Turner. Nevertheless, it's there. And Jewish scholars in the last 200 years say, like, this, oh, here we can pick up some good girses. Uh Because we have something from a guy who's in the 1200s, and he's translating, and translating pretty accurately, from, um, you know, Gemaras, mishnays, to Josephus, and so forth. So you have a good Gersas. So there, among other things, I told you the Quotes of Shonan, including Moshe Darshan. Isn't that interesting? And so the 19th century scholars, secular said, you can prove this. Medrash Abbas, he goes back to Masjad Ever since then, it's been debated back and forth. Not going to get into it. But let's say it's a medrash. Or at least comes from Masjad So it's something to play with. If you're at all interested in this subject, it was a little bit egg heady. Zevin, believe it or not, if you get, you know, he has all those uh, book reviews that he published. It's called Sofrim Uswarm. Anything from Zevin, I'm in love with, and uh, in one of the volumes, he did a book review of uh, indeed of uh, Rabusi. Right? and he shared. Then he simply was published by Professor Albeck by the Musaral Cook way back when, you know, eighty years ago, whatever. And if you're interested in the subject and who's really the author, et cetera, et cetera, you'll read that. But for our purposes we have something that might be a Chazal, and it sounds like a Chazal, right? Which is, that the Arba Minim are connected to Arba malchus, and it goes on to say as follows, Tlu Minim Eila, Arba Minim Ala Atem Take these four Minim, and you'll be saved from the four exiles, from four kingdoms. Esrog babel. Why is that connected to Babel? Esrog Esrug is called Zob many times. In the Middle Ages, it was called Golden Fruit. And we know in the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar is referred to as the head of the gold of that giant statue that was in the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. Very famous. Kapas to Maureen. What about the lulav? Maudai. Why is the lulav represent Maudai? His is something funny. It's the gallows on which they hanged Haman. Malul of Aruch, Av Haman, Migolus Pares, B'mordei So you look at the loof. It reminds you of the, of the tall gallows that he, of course, famously erected for Mordecai, but he got hanged himself. Anav he savos. about there? say He doesn't say why. Arve Nachal Edom. And Daroba is the Edom, which he says because it's red stem. My rebel Konech Shiloh to reach Yasserish you know, money. It's red stem and and, and Asa was red. Red haired. All right. It It may be a matter. It, it might be a medir-ish. So I think it's a little bit strange. You know, why those things? And why Dafka, the asterisk is for, you know, bubble and silver? Why don't I turn it around? Unless he simply says he's following the order of the Pasukim. Ten but I'll tell you what it made me think about. We have the Torah of Zechariah, as we talk about World War Three, as I said before, the Gogol Magog invasion. It's chapter 14 in the book of Zechariah, but really, if you know how it works over there, Zechariah, was just full of all these wacky prophecies, hard to tell when and where he's talking about, they're very famous, but they're not famous. Like many things in Judaism from Jews don't know Zechariah. And there's chapter 12, 13, and 14. Of course, the chapters are from the Christians, but you know what I mean, that part of the book. And chapter 12 and chapter 14 are talking about the attack on Yerushalayim by the bad guys, by the Gog One of the most fascinating parts, it seems to me, if you read and you're familiar at all with the Yishayel, I mean, with Zechariah, especially its World War Three scenario, which we know every day because there's always we say, Bayom Hahu, bayom echad. That's from the Haftura. That's talking about nuclear war. So it says that the Gogamug will attack Ushalim. Right? Beginning of chapter twelve. God says, I will turn Jerusalem into their Vietnam. Into their uh, poison cup. Ma so Dvar Hashem. I will turn Jerusalem into a poison cup. Notice, they'll invade, but the, and they'll cause a lot of trouble and kill a lot of Jews. But by the time it's over, they'll all be dead. al yehuda Very strange wording. Begam al yehuda al And also in Judah, will be the siege in Jerusalem. So it's very interesting, going back to the Targum Yonison. And the others, you know what it means? The invading Goyim will have Jewish units attacking Jerusalem who will be forcibly conscripted by the invaders by and Mogogl to participate in the attack on the fellow Jews. Which is amazing. It means that when we have the final World War III, the armies of the bad guys will include Jewish contingents. They'll be drafted, compelled, whatever. Maybe the Jews will be alienated and will identify with the invaders. We certainly have many Jews like that today, unfortunately. They will join the Arabs, you know. I'm serious. But it's an interesting thing, I'm sure it's something very deep, that somehow or other the scenario involving the final battle, which is supposed to take place on Sukkot, right, involves Jewish traitors, and maybe that's the wrong word. It was a characteristic of all ancient uh, armies and nations to do like the Turks did with the Janissaries, which means that they would take from the conquered peoples, young people and brainwash them and make them part of their own army. Make them part of their own army. Willingly, not willingly. That's what it was. Sounds funny, but it happens all the time. Dabba did to a certain extent with the B'nai at the end of that Peric and Kedushin, you know, his bali Um Other nations did as well. And apparently this is what happened over here. So when you have this enigmatic phrase, also on Judah, will be the siege of Jerusalem, it says, the Targum Yonason says, after base Yehuda, Kana B'tziar also, in the Bay Yehuda, the Gaim will bring an attack for, or force them to attack Jerusalem. As Rashi said, um, And they will force Jews to join the Bay guys. So apparently, an integral part of the final battle, the Gogol Magog, is that there are Jews in the Nazi armies, let's put it that way. Okay? In the Nazi armies. And, of course, it will cause a lot of trouble. There'll be a lot of death. It goes and describes all this sort of thing. And, you know, at the end, and then, it'll be good, but meanwhile, there'll be a lot of Hespa, and so on and so forth. It'll be a tough time. And then it sort of segues, skipping over a certain map, into our Haftorah, chapter 14, where it says, The spoils will be divided, okay? The enemy will attack the city. They'll capture Yushalayan, They'll uh, rape the women. They'll destroy the houses. called So Jewish units will be participating and a terrible Corbin of I mentioned in Shul, by the way, if you know your Josephus, that when the Romans fought against Jerusalem. There were Jewish detachments in the Roman army, I think, because they belonged to King Agrippa II, who was an ally to the Romans in this war. Whatever the case is, then there'll be divine intervention, and God will split the mountain, and, uh, the Malvum says half the mountain will move 30 miles south of so Jerusalem. The city of Jerusalem will be rebuilt, you know, halfway between Yushalayim and the Dead Sea. They'll leave all that. And it says there that at a certain point, however, um the Jewish the Jews will um turn on their enemies, I think. I think. It says that um to be a tremendous Magefa, This is what we always talk about whenever you give a speech, is Hiroshima. You know, the eyeballs will fall out, the skin will fall out, the tongue will cleave to the palate. All of which happened in Hiroshima with modern nuclear weapons. Right? Magefa, the most famous part of the Torah. So God will intervene, and the invaders will suffer terribly. What about the Jews who were were compelled to be part of the invading army? The enemy will stumble around helplessly. That's the interesting part. That Yehuda will be part of the invading army, as I just told you. And they'll be part of this business where they'll sack and spoil the city, okay? Um, and then it's it very unclear. The horses and everything will die and have, uh, you know, uh, a terrible defeat, I guess. Uh, that's what they call divine intervention. These kind of things that happen miraculously without any kind of natural cause, that's what we call divine intervention. The, the, the prophet calls it God will stand on. On Harzacim. On, um, okay? On Harzacim. So you got quite a business with this Torah. Now, um, as I said before, it said Judah will battle against Jerusalem. And listen to this. Uh, here's the footnotes. After the defeat of Gogamugog after the soldiers struck by plagues, the Jews in their ranks will swiftly gather all the booty strewn in the battlefield, leaving nothing for um, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So that means the Jews will be worse than the Goyim. They won't return the spoils taken from fellow Jews, but they'll try to keep it themselves. Okay? But others say that they'll rejoin their fellow Jews. They'll rejoin their fellow Jews. Which means that there'll be some point in the battle, and this, is the Messianic-Titanic battle, in which the Jews will have some kind of reawakening, or something will happen, and they'll switch sides, and they'll join the Yidden, and they'll help uh, drive out and destroy the Gaim, the enemy's invaders. I repeat, they'll have started being an enemy camp, but then as a result of seeing all these miracles, They'll switch sides, and that'll be an important turning point in the battle. The words are very obscure, so I could parse it for you line by line, but I just don't feel like doing that right now. Uh, If you're interested in anything I'm saying, I invite you. I'm serious; I'm not being funny. Check out chapter 14 in uh, Zechariah, which is the haftarah we did the other day. That's all. Especially get the art scroll of the girls' Dolls, But even if you don't. Now, to me, it just made the following image. And that's what I want to share with you. You had a whole bunch of Jews who, by force of circumstance or whatever, found themselves, as I said before, in Hitler's army, in the army attacking Ushalayim in this scene, in Gugamagug's army. And then things will happen. An important point will be when these guys turn around they have awakening or an opportunism or something like that, they'll switch sides and they'll join the good guys. What is it? Does that sound like anything to you? I'll tell you what it sounds to me when I'm looking at this Menes Rabossi, especially the last one's end. This is the first dog, the Esreg the, the is the Bubble, the Lulav is the Persia, the Dasen, for some reason is the Greece. I mean, I would have said Hadassim is Queen Esther, you know, but whatever. The Arova, what do you notice about the Arovas? The Arovas are, as we all know, in two ceremonies. One is they're part of the bundle, one is they're not part of the bundle. <laughs> they're separate. So, you know, you know, the Hishinas. One is that you have, take, for example, shana Rabba, it'll be easy for you to understand. You have separate Arovas, which you beat. And the original Shana, they did every day, but I'm just using them to make it easy for you to understand. And then you have the Arobas, which are part of the bundle. So then you don't have that with the others. The notion of Arobas being separate and detached from the bundle and other Arobas being in the bundle sounds to me like a foreshadowing of the prophecy that we just read in Zechariah, based on this Medush the, we all know that the Arovis is a bad Jew. The Lulav is the good Tom and the good Reach, you know. And the Adasim is the good this and the good that. And the Lulav at least is a good something. But the Arovis is all bad. Bad Tom, bad Reach. Everybody knows it. So it seems to represent the bad Jew. And there's going to be a role, a historical role, for the bad Jews in some kind of major, big way at the time of the Messianic era and the final war of Gog and Magog. That's what we read about today or yesterday. This group of Ein Tom and Reach finds itself separate from the other Jews and antithetical to the other Jews. What do you end up doing with them? That you symbolically beat on the ground as a kind of rejection. But the same Aroba, not the physically same one, but the same species, also appears as part of the bundle, which symbolizes, I think, that eventually they will rejoin the others. Eventually rejoin the others. Once you have them as part of the others, so you have the little of the got Gadas, and Marov, in one egghead. Then all of a sudden, you have the end of the four Goliases. In that amazing Tlu Arbas Minim Elu, Batemni Arba If you therefore see the Arovit, at least to my mind, it brings out very uh, colorfully the symbolism of the Arov as the quote unquote badge But the Beiju appearing, unlike the other Minim, in a separate role, because they used to have the Aurove every day, you know. Um, in the base of HaMikdash ceremony. Well, we march around with the Ashanas. thats They didn't do that. We're just re- reenacting. They used to go to the base of HaMikdash. You know the is there. So their De'arovah is something separate. But separate, uh, not with that, there's also the Arab There's also the Arab And it's interesting also, the Arab we were taking every day in Yushalayim. Uh, if you go like the Rambam, anyway. You know, in Basin you go like the Rambam, it's line. Dabamina in Yerushalayim. <laughs> Not elsewhere. I mean, but drop one of them, but you know what I mean. Um, does that symbolize, you know, the the vision of the Arobas having this special role? The bad Jews, the one day are going to be part of our enemies. And they're going to cause a lot of trouble and divide the spoils with the other guy. In, and maybe even deny their fellow Jews the spoils. Until they have a re-awakening or turning around. Maybe they'll then change, maybe, uh, their sense of identity. And they'll identify with the Jewish people and then everything will be different. A little bit of this, not the same thing, but a little bit of this. And I mentioned since it reminds me what happened a year or two or three ago. And you'll remember this but the head of the Nazi party in Hungary, I don't remember the guy's name, who was leading the Nazis in Hungary, then some pointed out to him, Knows was able to, to demonstrate to him, you're actually Jewish. He said, this is your grandparents. Whereupon the guy had like a, a, a 180, and is today from Jew. Ah, he's the same person he was before. He now identifies differently. It's like you tell somebody, yeah, you're in the Nazis. Now I'm going to prove to you Actually, you were switched at birth, and now you're Jewish. The change in the identity, the self, will bring them an extraordinary transformation. Seems to be that there's this in the S, uh, in the Arovis. um, in the Aravas. The matters from Moshe Darshan talked about being red, which would be identical with all the blood that they're talking about over here, because the matter of killing. But at the end of the day robots are part of the Agad, and as they say, you know, you know, if you don't have the Arabes, it's also not part of the whole business. So when you get the real unity, when the guys who are against us have a second thought for whatever reason something causes it, they say, I no longer identify with this point of view or this group, but I want I'll, I'll just make something up. The guy says, I'm joining the Arabs. Now something happened. He has a different sense of who he is, or who she is. She says, I'm switching to join the Jews, to Israel. It's the same person, but their their, 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 their consciousness, their self-identity, radically transformed. I think that's kind of interesting. And um, if there is a connection, as this message suggests, between the four Medim and the four Goliaths, and the last one is Rome, which is Gogomog, all the rest of it, then the fact it's in Rova has... Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's to me kind of interesting. That's what I think. Um, I thought I'd just share that idea with you. Once again, I want to thank Abe Gluck and the Gluck Plumbing. And uh, if I have another idea tomorrow, unfortunately I have to do a little bit of work. Didn't want to, but I missed so many classes but from the Yantav, you know. Uh, then I'll I'll send that one out also. So meanwhile, with simcha.